106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The president promised help is on the way. And today, help has arrived. Nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we made, pass a bill to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure. We're gonna have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border. Can someone turn the ACs off? I'm freezing it. Oh, oh, excuse me. It's me, Gavin Newsom, governor of the great state of uh, California. We are almost there. You guys are doing so good. Just a couple more weeks to flatten the sun. We're so close. I do want to make a few more recommendations. I would say put your masks back on. Uh, not for COVID, but because your breath is hot and a mask will make it go back into your body, cooling down the great state of California. Second, hold in those poops. Everybody poops, it's normal, but poop not only is hot, but admits carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, just like cows do. And thirdly, and this is important, if you can, kill yourself. Uh, human life is warm and hot, so you will be a hero by taking your own life. And the more lives taken, the less people, and the better it is for the kids and the animals. So, thank you. Uh, we're so close. Hello, amigo, and welcome to my new crib. So, I flew into a Mata's Vineyard yesterday, and they set me up. I am now living in James Teller's private guest house. So, they gave me some sweet, sweet cash. I got some organic free-range coffee. They even gave me a free labradoodle. Uh, so come in and check out my crib. Um, so sorry for the mess, I'm still unpacking, but they've been very, very gracious here in Matas Vina. Uh, so I was living in a tent in Mexico City, and I now live in a 10 bedroom house. I have my own private office, uh, big kitchen, six bathrooms. Let me take you upstairs to show you all my bedrooms. So I will be living here alone, and I'm very excited to start my new life in America. And so, I, oh, and tomorrow, I'm going to have dinner at President Obama's house. He doesn't know that I am coming, but I'm sure because he loves diversity and he loves all sorts of people that are not white people, he will uh, let me come over and stay in his house and go in his hot tub. This is my new bedroom. I have the bay windows, very nice. And I have a whole private rooftop. So, anyways, uh, I'm going to go take a sauna and a bubble bath. So, you don't need to. Um, <laughs> you don't need. You don't need to stay here. But well, no, you need to leave. You don't have to go home, but you have to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> if you think this is just about Trump, you're wrong. 
This is about every single one of us as Americans and this precedent that's being set of, of an abuse of power that's not even being hidden anymore. I think it maybe was happening behind the curtains or maybe they were denying what's happening. It is out in the open in broad daylight, blatant abuse of power, targeting political opponents, targeting those who dare to dissent and attacking our our most fundamental constitutional rights and freedoms. So don't think this is about somebody else. Don't think this is about just people of one, you know, uh, political persuasion. This is about every one of us as Americans and protecting our rights and freedoms. Yeah. This is not uh, also an accident. It's not an accident, the COVID-19. It's a confirmation of our mission to collaborate, to contribute, in the change of this world. We need really to get together so we can go in another way. Something can, has to change. So don't forget this crisis. Not just, okay, that was a, a bad night, a nightmare. No, and we are awake again and we are again in our life as before, no? No, we have to take the, the, the lesson that if we don't change, after this, the next one will be worse. If we don't change after this, the next one will be worse. If we don't change after this, the next one will be worse. I continue to call for the world to come together in solidarity and national unity to confront this pandemic, but also to prevent the next one, but also to prevent the next one, but also to prevent the next one. If we don't change after this, the next one will. to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 182, to appear on September 24th, 2022. We're working on this at this point a few days ahead of time out here in California, Northern California. We just finished our first rain, uh, a legitimate rain of the season. Uh, for all you climate watchers out there, this is like normal. I've been living here all my life, almost 100 years, and uh, this is normal. Mid-September, we get a little rain. And uh, so some of you thought, oh, wow, this heat wave we just had, that's all climate. You know, that's global warming, and, and it's because we're living on Earth. We've created all this 110, 112-degree weather. Actually, it's normal. And I've uh, lived here long enough to be able to have a personal experience with this hot weather and i'm just going to dispel your myth so uh we're going to be here for uh six segments 20 minute talk segments and some clips in between if you're new to this uh you can reach out to me at nohostagesradio.com that's nohostages plural radio.com and you can uh, send an email uh to me at lou at nohostagesradio.com l-o-u so that's simple. You can dial me up at 
1-838-530-713-1838. I am on the left coast in Northern California. Uh, we hope to separate one day from the rest of California, not because we don't like them. We just uh, have different needs than they do in Southern California. But we're up here in the north, quite different from the south. I think people's impression of California is usually made up from what goes on down south. We're really two different states, and uh, that's just the way it is. So uh, thanks for listening, and we're going to get into this here. I want to mention a couple advertisements, or uh, not advertisements, but things that are coming up that I think are important. If you don't make I want to get it out there so you catch it. So uh, if you have to get off here in an hour or so, uh, you won't miss it. Uh, so if you're from the Northern California area, <clears throat> John Kupal from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association is going to be in town at Sutter County or north of Yuba City uh, to speak about Measure A and about the uh, the tax situation and the CalPERS, probably some about California uh, retirement system, CalPERS we call it. And uh, so John Kupal is the president of Howard Jarvis. He will be here on October 5th, the evening, 6 p.m. at uh, Church of Glad Tidings, 1179 Eager Road. That's just north of Yuba City, right off Highway 99. So if you're coming from north or south, the best way is to come up 99 and just get right off the off-ramp at Eager Road. So it's real easy. It would probably be a little light refreshments there. But uh, the whole idea is to mobilize uh, resistance to Measure A, which is going to be put on the ballot by the Sutter County Board of Supervisors to raise uh, s uh, sales taxes 1% in, in anything purchased in the county of Sutter, or if you go outside the county of Sutter and it's going to be registered in the county of Sutter, uh, you're going to pay a tax no matter where you purchase the uh, the item, for, for instance, a car or something that needs a license. So uh, that's an extra 1%. That is a lot. You think, oh, well, no big deal. Well, it's going to add, add up at minimum hundreds of dollars a year or for some thousands of dollars a year. And and the what's worse is it's really not needed. It's just we, we're in a predicament um, only because the supervisors have described it so that uh, they can't continue to pay the uh, egregious, egregious pension contributions that they've agreed to over the years and just kick the can down the road and instead of changing the system they just keep going on um, with the same system so we're going to be talking about that if you want to find out about it. if you don't want to do anything about anything if you're just going to continue on with your head in the sand and uh, not take a stand not put up a sign in your yard not contribute to the cause not do anything you'd rather just spend an extra five hundred thousand two thousand dollars a year and you're just going to uh, let it roll over you, then don't don't show up that night. But if you want to do something and learn about something, I'm just talking to a lady on the phone, a good friend of mine, and she was a little confused about something that, that was going on at Church of Glad Tidings, one of the speakers. And I said, well, the best thing you can do is educate yourself and know more about the topic. You know, it's interesting when you learn something new, your um, initial reaction or when somebody brings up something that's new to you, your initial reaction is to reject it because you don't have any brain cells with that topic on it. So instead of like pressing in, if it seems in, uh, 
It doesn't fit your worldview. Instead of looking at something and researching it more and getting more into it and learning more about it, uh, you just accept your previous ignorance as the standard of intelligence and uh, give up. So come out to see John Kupal, October 5, 6 p.m., okay? Any of those folks that wanted to attend the Dark Secrets and Bright Hopes conference that just uh, finished September 16th, 17th, and 18th. We had L.A. Marzulli, Derek Gilbert, Dr. Brian Artis. We were going to have Leo Zagami, but he got ill at the last minute, so Dr. David Martin zoomed in um, and did an amazing job. Uh, it's a must-see video. Uh, and and Dave Bryan was going to speak, but he, he yielded his slots to other guys that had we had brought in. So Marzulli, Gilbert, Artis, and David Martin, and those uh, different presentations, some of them made multiple presentations, will be available probably on the Glad Tidings website towards the end of this week or the first of next week. They're available for free, and uh, just pay attention to Dark Secrets, Bright Hopes, and September 16th, 17th, 18th, and those names, and you should listen, uh, be able to listen at your leisure Okay, so uh, that's that. All right, I want to read my, I've been reading this every week to challenge you, and it's a, it's a, a quote of Alexander Hamilton when he was just pressing into his 20th year. In 1774, he said, Is it not better, I ask, to suffer a few present inconveniences than to put yourselves in the way of losing everything that is precious? Your lives, your property, your religion are all at stake. I do my duty. I warn you of your danger. If you should still be so mad as to bring destruction upon yourselves, if you should still neglect what you owe to God and man, you cannot please plead ignorance in your excuse. Your consciences will reproach you for your folly and your children's children will curse you. Now, many people uh, in America have, have sl slid uh, into not feeling obligated to God or to man and just feeling obligated to take care of number one. That's the most miserable lifestyle you can live is just being selfish and focused on your, on your own life. And, uh, so, uh, I want to mention, uh, again, Dr. Brian Artis, I'll, I'll probably after the break, give a little talk about people that have died, that they're filing lawsuits against the medical profession in both Oklahoma and California. There are other people that are uh, filing in other areas, and also there's prosecutenow.com. You can get to the same spot using prosecutenow.io, and that is a group of people that are filing against all the big dogs, Anthony Fauci, Burks. Um, I'm trying to think of Dasik, Peter Dasik. Um, Barrick from North Carolina. There's about a half dozen of these key people. Um, Francis Collins from the now retired from the National Institute of Health. All these people are kind of bailing right now. Francis Collins retired. Fauci's getting out, and uh, so these so prosecute now. I O is going against all of them and filing all kinds of lawsuits. There's a team of people that work under that website. Uh, through that website so you can donate to them you can uh, if there's things that they're requesting you you may be able to actually help so uh, Dr. Brian Artis is also is looking for people that uh, loved ones 
who have um, taken the Moderna or the Pfizer jab. They've taken the first shot. They've taken the second shot. And then after the second shot, if they got sick and went into the hospital and he got put on remdesivir and died, they're very interested in talking those close, those folks close to those people to join the lawsuit. Now, I'll give you um, – actually, let me just uh, say to you, if if you're if you have anybody in your life like that, just send me a text or an email, okay? And uh, then I will send the email from Brian Artis directly to you and get out of the middle, and you could deal directly with him. Brian Artis, I believe, lives down in Texas, but it doesn't really make any difference. For some reason, they are focusing on Oklahoma and California. There are other people suing people in other states. Uh, okay. So I've, I've been having... A, people talk to me that are acquaintances of mine that I don't often talk to every day, but they're people I've known for years. One guy's from Tucson, Arizona. He's a, a longtime friend. What I mean by that is we met when we were youngsters back in the seventies and lived communally when we uh, had turned our lives over to Christ. And then as people get a few years on them, marry, do this, do that, move to other States, go back to school, do this, join a, a particular business. He ended up in Arizona, and the other day I was communicating with him, and he said, hey, do you know anybody that can help me? I'm having some uh, symptoms from taking the jab. And he said, I, at a weak moment, I took the jab before I really learned what it was all about, and uh, I got some issues. I don't know what exactly those issues are. But then another fellow who just uh, started to attend church, I've known him for years. We've worked in juvenile hall together as volunteers, and he said, Lou, I got, uh, I got a, my memory has, I've lost a lot of memory and I had a small stroke and I got a spot on my eye that's, that I can't see, uh, after I took the jab. And, and it's interesting, both all these people I'm talking to always qualified things like, well, I didn't really look into things very well. And my doctor recommended it really sad, so sad that either doctors are ignorant or they're being forced to tell you to do this. Uh, but but people left and right in my circle of friends are, are having problems. Either they've having clots, they've got myocarditis, uh, they've died uh, through a crashing of their platelets. Uh, all kinds of things have happened. So... Um, Anyway, if, you'll, if you've had any problems with a relative who has actually died from in the hospital, uh, they want to sue the hospital is what they want to do, and medical professionals that, that uh, forbid uh, the proper uh, treatment of these folks. So uh, also I wanted to mention uh, I'll, I've been highlighting different people that have died at a very young age. Drag queen Valencia Prime is dead at 25, collapsed right in the middle of a performance. Uh, she's a famous, uh, I didn't know about her, but in some people's minds, she's a famous Philadelphia drag queen. Um, and uh, let's see, she passed away after performing part of their drag show, according to another person, investigator for the Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office. Uh, so they're not really saying whether it uh, had anything to do with the jab. I'm sure she took the jab. Uh, she deter it was determined uh, that she had cardiovascular problems. She had diabetes and obesity, and so uh, she's gone. In India, a 32-year-old runner 
who is a marathon runner. This is so fascinating to me. Some of the marathon runners are some of the people in the best shape in the world to be able to run for long, 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 long periods of time, hours. And um, so on Sunday, 32-year-old runner collapsed and died suddenly from a heart attack a few hundred meters from the end of the popular 13-mile Satara Hill Half Marathon. Um, Raj Patel, a father of six-month-old girl, collapsed near Parang Chok about 250 meters from, as I mentioned before, finish line. So the runner um, had collapsed. And let's see what else. He's competed in multiple marathons and won. And uh, in 2021, only those who had received both doses of COVID immunization would be available to register for this particular race. For this year's 11th edition, they say it's not clear if the organization still required proof of COVID vaccination. But if he ran last year, then he would have to use the shot, right? Um, So every week there are youngsters uh, dying, and I keep uh, needling you to think through your history and think about all those friends and foes in school, high school, whether they went to high school with you or you knew about them in other high schools, good athletes, uh, good competitors, whether you liked them or not, whether they were your competitor or not, and uh, did any of them die? And none of mine did. All my years in high school, I competed all four years, and then I went on to a few years of college. Don't remember anybody in college before I dropped out, or anyone in high school, we had a large high school, 2,300 kids, and everybody we competed with were in that, that, that population of kids in the high school, 2,021, 22, 23, 2,400. So, uh, so what we see there is uh, now everybody, uh, there's just people all over the place having problems, dying, uh, having myocarditis, periocarditis, uh, blood clots in the brain, blood clots in the leg, it's terrible. So uh, I'm just trying to highlight the fact that lots of people are dying, and they're dying from only, the only thing that was different last year, and that is from the COVID shot, okay? Now, here's stuff that, that is – I watched a uh, an interview. It was from the Epoch Times, and it was an interview of a, a Japanese restaurant owner in downtown Los Angeles. It was so fascinating and uh, he was telling about his woes of being uh, accosted, attacked, having his patrons. He's got some indoor and outdoor seat- seating, so patrons were actually have been rousted, beat up, their wallets stolen, sitting and eating at his restaurant. And it shows him tackling people, running people down, doing all kinds of things. And there's crazy stuff going on. He said sometimes it takes 15 minutes for the police to get there in Los Angeles and so uh, it was quite a talk, uh, quite an interview. And um, it's interesting how different law enforcement is today than when I got involved with helping with law enforcement. I wasn't employed. I was a volunteer as a chaplain starting in about 1992 or 91, 92. And uh, it, what's going on and and how nobody is being arrested anymore is just, or hardly anybody is getting arrested. Most crimes are not being arrested and booked in jail. So we have a 41-year-old Shannon Brandt. Um, it's a guy 
B-R-A-N-D-T. Uh, he ran over an 18-year-old Kaler Ellingson because the guy had Kaler Ellingson was a conservative. Now, this is just amazing. So this just happened um, Sunday, last Sunday evening. 18-year-old Kaler Ellis Ellingson struck and killed by a vehicle driven by the guy I just mentioned in a politically motivated murder in North Dakota. The teen was attending a street dance in McHenry, North Dakota. Uh, Brant himself, the guy who committed the crime, called 911 after fleeing the accident, telling the dispatcher that Ellingson was part of a Republican extremist group, called 911 confessing. According to the affidavit, Ellingson called his mom. This is a 41-year-old guy and said he was being chased by Brant, which wasn't true, and needed help. Brant confessed to killing 18-year-old Ellingson because of his politics. The murder of uh, Ellingson came two weeks after Joe Biden's demonic speech in Philadelphia, where he declared war against Republicans, conservatives, patriots, and Trump voters. Now, what do you think happened to this guy when they put him in jail? What do you think happened? He's got to go to trial and all that, but what do you think happened? They released this guy on $50,000 bond. And they released him yesterday. He ran over Ellingson on Sunday. He was charged with vehicular vehicular homicide and also leaving the scene of a deadly accident. According to uh, Town Hall, which is a periodical, Brant posted bail back on the streets. And then he went on his social media sites and took all his um, ramblings and accusations and wild uh, threats off his social media so he could begin preparing for a defense. Does that seem like people should be released a $50,000 bail when they just did, when they intentionally ran over somebody? It's just unbelievable to me. It's like, who would actually, who's actually going to jail anymore? I was talking to somebody, uh, actually I, talk, I was talking to a lady who was for, former uh, correctional officer, and she was telling me how much she was in the correctional officer world for many years, and then she left for a number of years and came back about 10 years later and started again. And she said, Lou, I was shocked at, at the difference in, in the uh, personnel, culture, and everything that we were dealing with now as a correctional officer. I'll be right back. We're uh, finishing our first uh, section here. We'll, be, we'll do it 20 minutes more in a, just a second. FBI agent William Aldenberg, who served as John Durham's lead investigator, is suing Alex Jones because he is traumatized as a result of things said on the show by former guest of the show, Wolfgang Halbig. Alex Jones and his company, these are very powerful people, and I'm not anybody. And so someone like like me, you just can't defend yourself. You just have to, at some point, you have to accept it. He admits that Jones did nothing other than allow a platform for others to lawfully speak. Hell, would call the FBI. I didn't speak to him. Okay. Uh, how many times did Jones call you? He didn't call me, sir. Um, did 
Do you ever see this photograph 289 on Infowars? Um, I didn't know, sir. Do you know whether he ever talked about you on Infowars? I Jones? don't. I don't know. If Halbig appears as a guest on a talk show, does that make him affiliated with the talk show? To me, it does. Okay. The judge, who is noticeably the most emotionally charged in the courtroom, is triggered when Jones's attorney, Norm Pattis, pursues the truth. Who are the powerful people that Mr. Jones is affiliated? Like, he's, he's had, well, uh, I'm sorry. He's a, he like for example, he's a, yeah, I don't know if you know who a guy named Joe Rogan is. He's a podcaster. A guy named Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan harassing you too? No, not at all. No, I'm just saying. Well, like, if I can answer the question. If, if he can answer the question, then he cut off. He's not. I can. I can. Oh, no, no, no. Just one second, gentlemen. All right. Why don't we? The, the, what? No. I, did, I now lost the question because I, I didn't The question was, was Joe Rogan I'll withdraw it and ask another. Okay. No, wait a second. No, no, that's all right. So why don't we... I guess he doesn't like the answer. No. I all right. So, counsel, let's just... Sir, who, hmm. are, who are the powerful people that Mr. Jones is affiliated with? Well, that was Joe asked Rogan. and answered. That was Mr. Joe Rogan. Rogan. No. Counsel, sidebar. Pattis questions the political nature of the trial. How 15 people waited over five years until 2018 to file lawsuits on the same day and in the same office. But the judge gets noticeably upset because Pattis isn't playing along with their kangaroo court and forbids him from mentioning the name Clinton and others. Well, we did the Hillary Clinton. Now we did the Megyn Kelly. Should we address what's coming next? No. Well, I think it might make sense. Judge, there's, I, I'm, not, it's, I'm not responsible for giving my adversaries a preview of what's to come any more than apparently they were responsible for telling me what witnesses they were going to call today. The plaintiff complains that Alex is going to try and defend himself and admits they have agreed to lie to the jury. But he's injected this idea that Alex Jones was merely questioning when the jury is going to be instructed in the courts to determine that he intentionally inflicted emotional distress, that he intentionally lied, that he acted with malice. These clowns actually thought that a man who has dedicated his entire life to freedom of speech would stay silent while they destroy him in court with lies meant to attack the First Amendment. And if they succeed, then any random federal agent can sue you into oblivion over hurt feelings from the internet. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. You know, talk about bad things. This has been a bad day for anyone who wants to trust the media. Particularly anyone who says, don't listen to those people on Sky News. Trust the mainstream media instead, particularly the ABC, of course. Well, two developments today. The first a bombshell announcement overnight. You will remember, I'm sure, how for years you were told by the mainstream media, by the ABC particularly, that President Donald Trump had colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election against Hillary Clinton. The implication was pretty clear. He stole it with the Russian help. And the ABC treated these accusations as gospel. Tonight, we begin our special three-part investigation into the story of the century, the election of US President Donald Trump and his ties to Russia. The Kremlin's puppet master now has America dancing to his discordant tune. 
He couldn't have planned it better. We should learned, of course, that this story of the century was a crock of borscht. Uh, there was no collusion. We've learned that the file of allegations that the FBI relied on and leaked to the media, a file accusing Trump also of hiring prostitutes in Moscow to do disgusting deeds I can't mention, was in fact cooked up by a discredited ex-spy paid by people working on behalf of the Democrat Party for Hillary Clinton, paid him to look for dirt. Now, that bit we didn't already know. We did already know that. But last night, our time, a US special counsel, John Durham, commissioned by the US government, filed documents charging the key source of that file, Russian Igor Danchenko, with lying to the FBI. He pleads not guilty. That's one thing. But Durham's court filings also reveal that this Danchenko, the source for this file, that created this phony story that ran for three years, he was, for three years, also paid by the FBI as an informant, trashing Trump. But more astonishing, this man had links in Moscow to Russian intelligence and has admitted so. Can you believe that? That this giant Trump collusion hoax was largely inspired by fake claims from a Russian connected to Russian intelligence and a man paid by the Democrats and by Hillary Clinton's campaign. It's an astonishing story. The story of the century, dare I say. But it's a story I doubt you'll ever hear, told in full on your ABC. Rumors spread around in that Texas town. Right the shack outside the game. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you want to go. All right, well, I want to give a shout out uh, to some people that are helping us stay on the air, and that's uh, Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. That's uh, run by Israel Garcia, or he likes to be called Izzy Garcia. Izzy is a great guy. I know him personally. I've known him for years. Know his mom and dad. Know his, his sisters. Know all his people. And uh, he is a uh, patriot a veteran Marine of many uh, actions overseas. And uh, he's doing a backhoe excavator service here in Northern California. He's operating out of Loma Rica, California, but he'll travel. Uh, you can reach him at 530-360-10, You can text or call. He will do anything you need that, that you need a backhoe for. So if your ditches need to be cleaned out, if you need a hole in the ground to put in a fishing pond and a firefighter pond to to hold up some water or if you want to uh, repair a culvert or a, a pad for a home or whatever you need he's he can do it so give him a shout out uh, 530-300-6010 also all power services these guys have gotten really busy they tell me 530-844-0347 text or call 844-0347 that's will fanning and josh james they fix anything that's got power hooked up to it so when you go there you you can see exactly the truth what i'm saying they have everything from small things they're working on like chainsaws all the way up to a, a big double belly dump uh and so uh, they also do fleet repairs on vehicles 
Uh, they are amazing. I I'm, I admire people that can just look at something that's broke and they can put it back, take it apart and put it back together again. And these guys are geniuses. So all power services are in Yuba City, just outside of Yuba City at 1469 Stewart Road. It's just west off Highway 99 going towards what we call the Sutter Buttes, 1469 Stewart Road. You can reach them by email at 1469, all power 1469 at Gmail dot com and uh, also uh, let me give a shout out to thrifty rooter uh, thrifty rooter's been around almost 100 years i think close it's like almost i think the nephilim were still going crazy before uh we got them taken care of so thrifty rooter they are in the yuba Sutter area but they also serve some surrounding counties uh, they do all kinds of things the easiest way to find out you think oh well they're just plumbers no they're not just plumbers they do all kinds of stuff some people are plumbers but they don't work on septic systems or pump out septic systems so go to thriftyrooter.net to find out all that they do and for all you out there in the rural areas they got you covered so they'll run out there and they'll fix whatever needs fixing out there pump fix repair open lines whatever so go to that thriftyrooter.net or when you're ready you can you can uh send a message from their website over to them or you can dial them up old school at 530-673-8201 that's a landline so you're going to have to actually talk on that one okay also mentioned the fight against measure a and i want to give out their website it's sutter county says no.com that's s-a-y-s says not s-e-z sutter county says no.com and you can get involved please you can order signs there you can probably do some phone calling you can do some walking you can do a lot of things very simple things and it might you know this if this passes it's probably going to go on for about 10 years before you get to vote on it again that may be before you uh, actually get passed you may pass from this world before that thing you get a chance to say yes or no again okay uh all righty uh let me scroll down here to where i was wanting to get and then we'll start so i I used to uh, in fact i'm getting ready to travel again but i used to spend a lot of time in third world countries third world we talk about you know we have the developed world and the developing world and then we have the world that's farthest behind the poorest a group of countries and so usually when you go to the third world there's a problem with utilities the utilities don't stay on you can't get uh, fuel at a reasonable price uh, there's corruption uh, in politics and um, there's lots of issues the sewage we have sewage problems you have water problems there's not enough water and not enough electricity not enough gas natural gas and gasoline and so that's really uh, when you, I used to come back from these third world countries and I'd be thankful getting back to America, not because I didn't like being there on the trip. But when I get back, I just knew that we had everything we needed here. And so that's that has changed here in California. I can't speak for the state you're listening from, but that's changed here in California. And they're trying to rewild this state. They're trying to force people. You think, oh, yeah, California, they must be really bummed people are leaving. No, they, the, the actual leaders of the state are not bummed people are leaving. They're very arrogant. And the population has declined so much in California that for the first time in the history of the state, which started in 1850, 
uh, we lost a congressional seat. And so, uh, but, but the environmentalists that lead this country uh, want, uh, lead the state, want a, want a less populated state. They want people to move out of the rural areas like Northern California and move into the cities so they could just turn it back over to the creatures. And so we've actually had people say when there's been forest fires in the, in the, uh, our national forests and fires that just ran through the foothills of the Sierra Nevada, that they were happy when homes burned because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. So hopefully people will move out of those foothills. Uh, people that live in the foothills and in the forests like to live there. That's why that's freedom in America. And that's why people live up there. It's, it's a sacrifice in some ways, but they get, have gains in others. It's, you know, like, like anything, there's pluses and minuses. So, uh, so in California, Governor Newsom has turned this state almost single-handedly uh, into a third-world country. We have a declining population for the first time in existence, as I mentioned. We have v- rising crime rates. Uh, people are getting killed left and right, robbed left and right. The, the, the government seems powerless to deal with it. Um, we have soaring homelessness. We have the highest gas prices in the country. Companies... Uh, Companies, actually, not just people, but but entire companies are leaving in droves. And our future in California is withering away. The one thing that's that is a consistent positive in California, we have great weather. uh, But it when you're when things aren't working in all those other areas, particularly if you're people that are of retirement age or you're you're at the end of your work years and your children are coming up and they're leaving the state it's pretty sad and so it causes many difficult decisions on the part of the older folks because they want to be near their kids and near their grandkids and uh, so now we have a lot of young people that simply are finding it much more advantageous to move to states where it's cheaper to get a start there's jobs everywhere there's freedom uh, there's less regulation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So here's just a few headlines from California. Suspects arrested for stealing guns from the California home of Re- Representative Karen Bass. I think actually Karen Bass. Oh, maybe it's Bates, I was thinking. So that's Re- Representative. Maybe she's a congressional representative, Karen Bass. There's also a Bates, Patricia Bates. 140-plus arrested in massive California child sex crime sweep. That's another title. How about this? Santa Barbara County reports high, highest murder rates since 2015. And finally, anti-Semitic hate as crimes uh, at an all-time high in the state of California. California. Actually, Gavin Newsom has referred to part of his own jurisdiction, which he comes out of the Bay Area, what we call San Francisco Bay Area, as a as a scene from a third world country. Even our governor agrees. In terms of education, we used to be number one when I went to school here. I went. Uh, I started and ended school in California. In terms of education. Uh, a nonprofit group called California Forward reported that another pillar of prosperity that tracks performance across different stages of education, utilizing indicators like early childhood education and graduation rates, California is broadly similar to Latvia, the small country of 1. million people, 1.9 million in the former Soviet bloc. Think about that. We have almost 40 million people in California, but California is similar in performance to Latvia. 
At National Conservatism Congress in Miami, Peter Thiel, who is a techie from the Bay Area, gave a withering, spot-on analogy that says comparing the striking similarities between California and Saudi Arabia. Both are subsidized heavily by insane cash flows of their main industries, oil for Saudi Arabia and tech from Golden State. Thiel says, a way I would summarize California is a longtime resident, as a longtime resident of San Francisco and then Los Angeles, it's roughly somewhere in between. It's not as good as Norway. We're not as bad as Equatorial Guinea. You should think of it basically roughly on the poor par of Saudi Arabia. And he compares some of the re, uh, religious strictness of Saudi Arabia, where people can get killed for not being a Muslim, to the wokeness of California. So he talks about strict Islamic Wahhabism, which restricts women's rights, for example. And uh, he, com- he compares that to the liberal Orthodox wokeism for California, where if you're not woke, you may not even get certain jobs. Um, all right, I'm going to move on from here. Just that's what we're contending with here in California. And it seems interesting enough. You'd think somebody would get a clue, but it seems to be getting worse rather than better. Um, So I mentioned here a while back where uh, some Christian civil rights groups filed suit against North Shore Medical in Chicago and got a $10.3 million settlement on behalf of medical workers that were mandated, that were forced out of their jobs because they wouldn't take the jab. Now we have a healthcare system that has given out religious exemptions regarding the shot and now has rescinded them or taken them back according to a, a lawyer that's going to defend them. And the same lawyer that took, took on the, uh, the group in Chicago is going to help this group. And he's with Liberty council. His name is Matt Staver. Now listen, you need to write that down. If you've been injured, if you've been hurt, if you've been taken advantage of by the government uh, with with COVID, I would contact Matt Staver with Liberty Council. I think it's lc.org. You can get to their website and send them a message. He said it's unlawful to rescind a religious exemptions. Do you know, have you been surprised? I've been really surprised. Have you been surprised at how, during COVID, government just ignored the law all all over the place. Employment law, people have employment rights. The Constitution, people have rights from God that the Constitution is supposed to protect. And yet the government just ignored them and just said, you either got to do this uh, or we're going to arrest you. You got to do this or we're going to do this. Uh, you can't come in here. You can't do that. You can't do this. You got to sit 12 feet apart. So at Frodert Health in Wisconsin, they recently decided to withdraw exempt, exemptions it granted to some staff members. And you think, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, here's the thing that happened. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine. That's yet a new vax. And they claimed that the main reason why many, why many people got a religious exemption was because the other shots had aborted 
uh, baby cells and aborted baby tissue in the shot. And so people who didn't believe in abortion didn't believe in the jab. So, but lab tests for the messenger mRNA vaccines used, it mentions they used aborted fetal cells, according to Pro-Life Charlotte Lozier Institute. Johnson & Johnson utilized the cells for development, production, and tests. Novavax said that it did not use aborted cells or tissue in the development, manufacture, production of its shot, but a study on the shot shows that aborted fetal cells were used in the testing phase. Now, see how, how these people are liars? They just lie, 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 lie. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this last week. I'm amazed at when I watch YouTube and the Senate uh, hearings where they interview people from the government, from these different departments, and they ask them straight yes or no questions. And nobody, whether it's a person that's representing that department or a person that has been uh, offered for confirmation, like a judge, a potential uh, promotion in the judgeship or other other areas, uh, they just simply will not answer yes or no. They will not be honest. Uh, so we got this Frodert Medical that's going to go up against Liberty Council, and I think they're going to lose big. Liberty Council says has successfully blocked mandates for members of the military and won a $10 million lawsuit, as I mentioned, uh, against North Shore University Health System in Illinois. Uh, Froder may face the same fate as North Shore, according to Matt Staver. And uh, so under title, this is amazing. They, these, these entities just ignore the rules after they, uh, well, anyway, they just ignore the rules. Under title seven and other laws, religious exemptions can be based on a number of reasons, the lawyer said, even if Novavax testing did not include aborted cells so they think oh well the big issue is aborted cells no the issue is is i don't believe in vaccines this type of vaccine i don't believe in it even though you may have another vaccine people have a right on you can't hire somebody and force people to take certain medicines or certain injections you can't do that uh, Staver said, we have many individuals that have a broader objection to these COVID shots for various reasons, and they're not limited to aborted fetal cells. It may include them, but it's not limited to them. And I would say you have the same thing with people that work in this company. So this is a very ignorant decision, et cetera, et cetera. So Peggy Hall makes a great, great uh, comment. She says, you know, we had some... Uh, of these employers around here, Yuba Sutter area that were questioning people's spirituality when they would, when they had won a, not a medical exemption, but they would want a faith based exemption and they have a right for that in California law. So they would then ask, well, how come they start uh, questioning their faith? People do not have a right to question your faith. And so it's not just about Christianity. If you are following Satan if you are following uh, Buddha, if you are following uh, a guru, if you are an atheist, your strongly held values are, are basically your religion. And so it, it doesn't have to be a churchgoer. We're t the Constitution pr protects you, your freedom of speech, your freedom of thought. You have freedom. It protects your rights. That's, those are God-given rights. 
So listen, don't give in. And by the way, people, do not take any more shots. We got all kinds of people contacting me, like I said, wanting to know, are there any remedies to unwind the damage from these shots? Now, if you have problems, get a hold of me, uh, 530-30, let's see, what what am I? 530-713-1838, that's my number. But you can also go, I was just looking at freedomco.net, and freedomco.net launched during the beginnings of COVID to help people understand what was going on with COVID. But now it's evolving because things are evolving in our culture, and now I, I was just looking through the whole website the other day, and Courtney Ortega, who runs that website, has has uh, morphed it into some helps. And so you can go on that website, and if you look on for resources, you can find some links to different doctors and entities like Frontline Doctors and and uh, and others, Brian Artis, etc., that may be able to help you with your ailment and and relieve you from some of your symptoms. Okay, so check that out, freedomcode.net. Remember, uh, libertycouncil.org, lc.org will, will help you. Um, okay, so I just want to, we got just uh, about a minute. I want to begin by uh, saying I just saw this today, Oberlin College. Remember, we've been following this for a couple of years now. Oberlin College, who was founded by white abolitionists that was that were operating with the underground railway they were uh, preachers they were they were people that were against slavery and they helped found this college in fact a guy named Charles Finney who was a famous evangelist at that time i'm talking about a legit evangelist very powerful guy and um he was the president of Oberlin College i don't think he was the first president maybe he was the second president but Oberlin College got into a scrap with a local bakery and they got all their, they're super woke back there and they, they defamed and slandered this local bakery. And I'm going to tell you the, the rest of the story right after this break. believe in the golden rule then you must feel surrounded by a world that doesn't seem to care about it at all you've heard about wise guys on wall street who rigged the system to make sure that part-timers don't have a chance the politicians who write laws they'll never follow themselves and the spin doctors they hire to hide their true intentions from the people even in your own town and neighborhood you've seen people turn their backs on each other close their hearts and mute their conscience. When free people know the right choice but refuse to make it, we give up on each other, and we give up on our freedom, too. That's what makes good guys so special. They will never give up. We are the five million men and women of the National Rifle Association of America, and we still believe in the golden rule. Join us today. Y'all literally think you know black history? Kwanzaa has been a holiday for centuries in Africa? Oh my goodness, this person, I don't know where they get their information, but Kwanzaa has not been a holiday for centuries in Africa. 
It's a made-up holiday by a black supremacist in America. The holiday was invented in 1966 by Mulani Karinga. His real name was Ronald Everett. And he wanted to replace white Christmas for black people. Here's a quote. I created Kwanzaa. People think it's African, but it's not. I wanted to give black people a holiday of their own, so I came up with Kwanzaa. Oh, and he was also convicted of torturing women and spent four years in prison. He whipped them with electrical cords and beat them with a karate baton. But you know, hashtag me too won't cancel the holiday he made up. So tell me how you're an expert at black history again. Um, we heard from the other side when a judge says there's probable cause here and issues a warrant, you know that it's there. Well, I've been a judge. I've been a chief justice. And I know that's not the case. That's, uh, that's why we have appellate courts. And that's also uh, particularly true when it comes to the persecution of candidate Donald Trump and President Donald Trump. Uh, we went for years uh, before we found out the true basis of the six warrants uh, based on garbage, lies. There was no probable cause there. And we found out uh, we had FBI agents lying, even though one's been found not guilty. The jury said, well, they didn't, since everybody lies to the FBI, it shouldn't be a crime. Well, that's here in DC. Uh, and that's a Democrat. A Republican, of course, would be convicted of that. But uh, that's why our job is so important, because judges are not Perfect. And let me just read you, after the deputy director of the FBI that all of a sudden my Democrat fans are such huge fans of, oh, and by the way, uh, this information about the FBI hiring a Putin lackey, uh, Danchenko, uh, that didn't come out in the Mueller report. So they either hid it or were incompetent in finding it. It didn't come out in the IG investigation. So he was either incompetent or just actually hid it. Uh, and it takes a special counsel two years after President Trump's out of office to finally reveal what happened six years ago in the Department of Justice dishonesty. And so let me just read from this uh, letter uh, dated September 11th after the deputy director said, oh, no, no, there were no violations of security that compromised security. It says, by issuing an absolute denial of your misconduct, talking in the letters to deputy director Paul Abadi, uh, you also implicitly claimed that the two individuals who reported the misconduct made false statements. That assertion is false. Thinking back, you are certainly aware that many of your subordinates saw you wearing the phone in this gif. Now your subordinates are coming forward and their reports are far more damning to you and Mr. Ray. You, Mr. Ray, and the employees on the seventh floor violated national security because you were all too lazy to secure your devices. You failed to set the example, and now you've become the example of what's wrong with the FBI. I was talking to an FBI, actually multiple FBI agents, but a former FBI agent said, you remember back in the 80s and 90s, 
If we needed somebody to report we had an indictment, we would call their lawyer and say, you need to report at 9 or 10 or 1. Tomorrow we have an indictment, and they would show up to jail because they knew if they didn't, they'd come pick them up at home. What that's turned into now is, is it's actually the, the tactics of the Gestapo used. Middle of the night, wee hours of the morning, you bust in, you drag them out of bed, and you don't let them even put on clothes. What happened to the FBI? They, you drag them out in front of CNN or some other liberal media that you leaked the information illegally to before you did the search and so that they could film it in their underwear. What happened to our Justice Department? That was not the way they were. They, they, they had some decency about them, but they become so political. And I, I know if it ever turned around and it was Democrats. Yes, I would be upset about that, like I was about uh, criminal William Jefferson's activity, but the way he was treated and the violation here. And not one person on the Judiciary Committee has complained about a member of Congress's phone that has privileged information on it not going and being screened by House counsel before it's grabbed by the FBI. You are putting this body in jeopardy. Welcome back. I was talking about Oberlin College. Oberlin College has become a bastion of progressivism and liberalism. And so what happened, I'll give you the short story here. Three students, college students, went into this bakery. They also sold liquor, I think some liquor, maybe wines, things like that, maybe some other gourmet items. And this this uh, had been this bakery, Gibson Bakery, had been around for like a hundred years. They had multiple generations of Gibsons working in this place. The Gibsons also served the school, sold a lot of product to the school. Very famous bakery in that area. And uh, so these kids, uh, one of them, uh, at least one, put some wine inside of his clothing and coat or something like that. They caught him, and it it got to be a big issue. And so the school, not just the students, the ones that were arrested protested. They initially protested, then they confessed that they did exactly what the restaurant or the um, bakery said. But the dean of students and the president and all of them got on the bandwagon and said Gibsons were racist and they should have let the folks just steal the stuff. And so a lawsuit ensued because they really damaged their business. And several years ago, the... Uh, the judge and jury awarded Gibson Bakery $36.59 million because of the damage this school did to the bakery. They came out to not just take a position, but they uh, they tried to rally the city to boycott this bakery, Gibson's Bakery. Since then, the grandfather, I think in the 90s, and his son, I think he's about in his 70s, both have passed, died. And we have other Gibson that are not running the place. But they, the uh, Oberlin kept appealing, didn't want to pay the money, so the, they were paying like three or $4,000 a day interest, 
was accumulating on this. So now they finally decided as a school board, a college board, they, it's, a, it's interesting. They have an endowment at Oberlin of a, of a billion dollars. Does that get your attention? So they're going to write a check for $36.59 million, and I'm thrilled about it. And I wish that many, many people uh, would begin suing uh, these various colleges and entities that are uh, going after people that are just simply doing a good job. And uh, so it's interesting, the hypocrisy. Uh, it says here in the article that uh, that the Oberlin College issue started uh, a lot of discussions about race around the country. And I thought, why? If just some people stole from them, right? It's like, oh, we had a black. Some um, I know one of the kids at least was black. Maybe all three were black. But the fact that why is it racist when somebody gets caught stealing and they're held accountable for it? Why is that going to develop? You mean you? Oh, you mean because somebody in Africa got hurt one time hundreds of years ago. And so this black person who's had a blessing of living in the United States and actually is going to college, which is a small percentage of all people. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to just look the other way and just say, pardon me. Is there anything else I can put in the bag for you? So stupid. Um, so it said legal experts told the, told the news people that the case centered on whether college officials had defamed the bakery and the verdict, which basically found that they had and would likely cause other colleges and universities to carefully consider joining student causes, Right. You know, I think of uh, not only this, but the uh, the lacrosse case against the lacrosse players. They they uh, defrauded, slandered, libeled these young men, and they got sued. Thank God that Duke University got sued. Now, let's see, what's the latest one? Oh, we got the latest one is the black volleyball player for Duke complained that the BUI, some some buddy in the BYU student body there were over 5,000 people in the house and somebody yelled out the n-word and nobody could prove it nobody could point to anybody that said she did it he did it don't you think they would all these woke people nobody showed up on film but yet it's gone all over the place and now BYU went over to play Oregon one of the Oregon teams and not only did they they didn't say the N-word about the BUI play, BU, BYU players. What they did is they just started chanting F-U-C-K-B-Y-U, F-U-C-K-B-Y-U, right? Said it. Now, what's worse? And BYU didn't do anything. They, they, the players just played a sport. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh have you been hearing that there's supposed to be something today's the 21st I'm, I'm working on this on the 21st it's going to go up on the 24th but i've heard that this weekend something big is really going to happen that's what people are kind of saying on the internet and they're saying that because in the church world you may or may not believe in god or prophecy or this or that but there's a lot of discussion in the church world about people thinking they had a dream, they got a word from God, something, 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 that something's going to go down on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th of this month. So the one guy that I heard talking about it on the on one of the 
social platforms uh, suggested maybe if you wanted to go to the bank, you might take out a little extra cash in case the banks close. If there's a change, there's been all this discussion that there's going to be a change in the money system. Like David Martin, there is no one smarter about money in the United States than David Martin. And he's also a medical guy. And he's also a specialist on patents, et cetera, et cetera. He's, he knew all about COVID before the average duck, that it was a fraud from the beginning, and saw the patents written years ago about it, the patent for the vaccine or the shot, and the patent for the, uh, what do they call it, when they weaponize a virus. And so um, he's saying that in October, there's, first of October, there's going to be a change in the money system of the world, not just the U.S. So if the, only, the last time there was a change is 1971. Richard Nixon decided under pressure to do something really stupid, and that was to uh, remove the gold as a standard that backed the dollar. That meant it, that there had to be a certain amount of gold in reserve to back up all the dollars that are out there floating around the world, right? Because America was back in the dollar. Now there's a lot of people su suggesting that no longer is the dollar going to be the um, kind of the currency of exchange internationally, where, for instance, if you want to buy Saudi Arabian oil or Venezuelan oil, uh, you would pay them in dollars, not yuan or not pesos or something like that because it was a highly respected, uh, what they call a fiat currency, what I call it a fake currency. Just We're just trusting that everything's just going to keep on keeping on. So, uh, all right. Uh, okay, Oberlin College. I want to... Uh, let me go down here and see if I can... Okay. I'm trying I'm looking f for a a uh Kevin Kiley clip. A little write up he did cuz I watch his blog and I collected a bunch of stuff after I posted the blog in here and it's slowing me down getting back to where Okay, here we go. So this is uh, Kevin Kiley. He's our uh, assemblyman in Northern California. We have a variety of assemblymen. Uh, but I've chosen Kiley as my assemblyman because the assemblyman we have, he collects his check, but he doesn't do much. So I've been following Kevin Kiley, who now is running for Congress in a new district because they had to redistrict the entire state of California because we lost a seat in the house of representatives. So he, he writes a blog. He, he comments a lot, Kevin Kiley, which I appreciate because I feel like I'm a part of what's going on in the fight. So Kevin Kiley writes this blog and he calls the title of it. Come Uppance. He said, gas prices in California are now a hundred, uh, sorry, a hundred, a dollar seventy-five above the national average. 
The refusal by Newsom and the supermajority, which is the Democrats in California, to pass my gas tax suspension bill. In other words, he's put up this bill over and over again to suspend all California taxes, which is over 50 cents. I think it's almost 60 cents per gallon. He said the refusal of Newsom and the supermajority to pass my gas tax suspension bill is more dumbfounding than ever. Earlier this year, we forced several votes on the bill. This led on one occasion to unprecedented chaos on the assembly floor, on another occasion to a moment of total humiliation for the supermajority, and finally to an unheard of motion to erase the evidence of what actually had occurred in the chambers that day, just like scrub the whole thing. So instead of suspending the gas tax, Newsom and the supermajority passed a bill in June to hand out inflation relief checks. Did you hear I said June and today it's uh, September? But no one has gotten a check yet. They're waiting a few more weeks to send them out so your check arrives the same day as your ballot. Now, do you think that's sincere, people? Who wants an inflation check? I just want my gas cheaper. I don't want handouts from the government. I just want the government to get out of my life, right? I don't want I don't want cheese blocks of cheese or cans of peanuts or flour or sugar or butter. I don't want anything from the government. Just get out of my life. I'm almost at the point where I don't even want the police anymore because I don't even think they're being effective anymore. Because the laws are so washed out. They're so diluted. I think I'm I think we'd be much better off if we just did a vigilante operation and we had some correctional officers at the sheriff's department and we just hauled some people in. <laughs> but no one has gotten a check yet. They're waiting a few more weeks. Isn't that interesting? Why, if they really were concerned about us, they would get those checks right to us, right? But they don't really care a bit about us. The supervisors don't care. The city council doesn't care. And the assembly and senate of the state of California doesn't care. Otherwise, they would hurry those checks to us with the understanding that we're paying all that money on gasoline. Do you know why it doesn't bother them more? It's because their gasoline is paid for by you and me. Isn't that special? Yeah, that's what it is. I was reading a while back where Kevin Kiley refuses to take what they call a per diem allowance. That's a, a daily allowance of a few hundred dollars to cover costs of just getting to and from and getting around the capital. In other words, tuna sandwich money, gas money, all those kind of parking money, all that kind of stuff. You know how much it amounts to in one year, according to Kylie? About $40,000. You'd think they'd be in a hurry to get us a little money back, don't you? So, but... Kylie says Biden did talks about Joe Biden at the end of his talk. He said Biden did, however, just admit that the pandemic is over. He's walking around without a mask. Now are we going to say he's like out of his mind? Pandemic is still raging. So political, right? I remember when it was just raining 
as they say in the mid-ages, cats and dogs. That means it rains so hard on the thatch roof that the dogs and cats who used to sleep up in the thatch came falling out of the thatch because it flushed them out. So Biden admits that the pandemic is over. He said, I'm calling. So Kylie says, well, therefore, since you just decided to get rid of the pandemic and move on to something else, said, I'm calling on Newsom to end the state of emergency. Do you realize that states of emergencies are supposed to be short in duration and, and reconfirmed by the political board, whether it's the supervisors or whatever, over and over and over again? You just can't keep people hostage under a new way of government, which Newsom has done. So now we're pressing three years that we've been under a state of emergency. Anyway, it's a bad deal, really bad deal. Um, all right. I wanted to read this that one of our listeners sent me. You know, it's been a couple of years now since sports people all over the United States, various sports, men and women, began kneeling when they played the national anthem to kick off each game, each competition. And it really divided the country. And uh, so this fellow wrote this named John McNulty. Uh, he said he's the football coach who's currently the tight ends coach at the University of Notre Dame. He's a former player and graduate of the Penn State University. McNulty returned to Rutgers where he spent five seasons as an assistant coach and offensive coordinator from 2004 to 2008. The veteran coach also spent 15 seasons in NFL coaching for six different teams. He said, we watched the Democratic leaders of Congress kneel in the halls of Congress for about nine minutes for the death of Minneapolis black man named George Floyd. And then he goes on to say, I've never seen them kneel for a fallen police officer. I've never seen them kneel for a fallen soldier. I've never seen them kneel for the soldiers that Hillary and Obama left to die in Benghazi. I've never seen them kneel for the thousands of black and white babies aborted every single day. I've never seen them kneel for a murdered white woman or white man. I've never seen them kneel for thousands of black-on-black -black murder victims. I've never seen them kneel for thousands of elderly people that died in nursing homes due to the coronavirus, particularly in New York. I have to ask, why are Democrats putting the life of George Floyd, Floyd as more valuable than the lives of everyone else? In fact, Democrats have put so much value on the life of Floyd. They have allowed rioting, looting, arson, murder, and mayhem in several communities nationwide. Ask yourself, why now? The family of George Floyd opened a GoFundMe account to help the family. What, what did they need help with? It has already raised 14 million, almost $14.5 million, and still counting from donations as of June 22, 2020. Yes, almost $14.5 million. And now another $27 million from the city of Minneapolis to settle their lawsuit. This is for a guy who was arrested nine times, was convicted of a convicted drug dealer, and at a, at a drug deal the day he died, 
He was at a drug deal the day he died and passed a counterfeit bill, held a gun to the stomach of a pregnant lady while his five buddies robbed her home, did prison time three different times, totaling eight years, and obviously didn't learn from the system. Uh, America is memorializing this guy by painting murals of the fellow on the sides of building like he's a hero. Unbelievable. And this is in addition to the fact that the coroner's report came back indicating he died from an overdose of fentanyl, which he admitted to having hooted in, in the time shortly before his death. By the way, hooted was described as administrating the drug in the anus to achieve a rapid high. Representative Pelosi presented his brother, Floyd's brother, a folded American flag flown over the Capitol in his honor in a beautiful tri-cornered presentation case. Disgusting, isn't it? Veterans are people who at one point in their life wrote a blank check payable to the United States of America for an amount up to and including their lives. Remember all of our vets and stand up for the flag. That's from my friend Charles, who uh, worked on some of the most top-secret planes in the world back in his day. And still, he's sharp, sharper than any college student out there. So uh, we're about done here with this segment, the third segment. And let me give a shout-out here to... Uh, my friends at junkangel.com. If you have any junk you need to be picked up or cleaned up, property houses you need cleaned up, call 530-329-3113. 530-329-3113. You can text or call them. They are trustworthy. Ira is a former San Francisco firefighter who was fired for not wanting to take the jab, fearing that he wouldn't be able to take care of his wife and five children. We'll be right back. Joe Biden and the Democrats are the best business partners the Mexican cartels have ever had, boosting their billion-dollar illegal drug industry and enabling the worst human trafficking market in history. It's disgusting. Joe Biden should take a lesson from his big donors in Martha's Vineyard and deport illegal aliens breaking into our land. I don't believe we've ever had a nation that's had to endure this. This is just the phase, the stage of evolution that they're in. It's getting worse and worse. This Green New Deal is a destructive force and it's total bullshit, I have to tell you. And I was looking for another word because every time I do it, I get killed, you know? Even our great first lady, she'll say, you shouldn't have used the word bullshit. But, but there is no Better description, I can't think of. I have a very nice vocabulary. I can't think of a word that fits it better. Look at Germany. Germany decided to go windmills all over, you know, kill all their birds, windmills. 
they decided to go solar. Solar, I like solar, but it's very limited in its capacity. It can't fire their big, massive plants. And, you know, I took a lot of heat. I made a speech at the United Nations, and I criticized Germany for making a deal on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Nobody ever heard of Nord Stream 2 until I came along. They had the thing almost built. And I said, what the hell is this? They're supplying Europe with oil and gas. And I said, that's not going to happen. And I told Angela Merkel, I'm sending her the flag, the white flag of surrender. I sent her the flag. But Donald, Donald, why do you send me this flag? I said, because if you look at the history of Germany and Russia, there's bad things happen. I said, Angela, if you're getting 72% of your energy from Russia, here is the white flag because you will be surrendering very quickly. Who the hell thought it was going to happen this fast, right? And you know what happened? It was very interesting. When I was at the United Nations making a speech, there were like seven very handsome German gentlemen, and they were smiling and laughing. They thought it was so cute. They thought it was so funny that I was making this statement. They're not laughing anymore. Most of them are thrown out of the place. And Germany now is going back to the old-fashioned stuff, including coal, by the way. But they have no choice. They won't have a country. They won't have a country left. Who would have thought it was going to happen so quickly? This guy, Ryan, voted to raise taxes on Ohio families on 113 separate occasions, including voting for Joe Biden's $326 billion tax hike on the middle class and every part of Democrats' inflation-causing spending binge. What a, what a disgrace. I mean, they got $4 trillion, and most of it's just wasted money. Throw it right out the window. It's going to kill us with inflation. I mean, they should have used the debt ceiling to stop it. McConnell should have used the debt ceiling. I could have stopped that thing in one hour, 15 minutes. I would have said, you can't have it because we have a debt ceiling. You can't have it. But they'll come back and use the debt ceiling on us. Mitch McConnell is a disgrace, and I hope you're going to do something about it, J.D. He's a disgrace. He could have stopped all of it. With our government guilty of pushing a deadly experimental vaccine, robbing the nation of its wealth, and starting a war with Russia, who has a superior nuclear weapons arsenal, one has to ask, be it angry mobs or atom bombs, where do these crooks plan on escaping the fallout? Denver is now handing out free bug out bags to help you just in case you run into emergency. Lisa, all right, I asked you last time, I need to know the checklist of everything I got to <laughs> put in my bug out bag. Toilet paper, paper towels, toilet paper, paper towels. We've got cotton balls. Two opportunities to get these free emergency preparedness bags. So really an important effort, especially when we're talking about severe weather. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are going to go and get those bags, but for people who maybe can't make it out there, is there anything in there that's, you know, too tough that you couldn't just put one of those together yourself? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you could easily put together yourself. I mean, if you got any extra cotton balls, you know, paper towels, toilet paper. The city of Denver is letting the locals know they should be prepared for an unexpected order to get out of town in a hurry. And many people are connecting dots between this and the Denver International Airport. The Denver International Airport has long been rumored to be sitting atop an underground military base built deep beneath the surface and connected to several other underground bases. These rumors are the result of several interesting facts. 
From 1995 until he was found dead a year later, Phil Schneider gave dozens of lectures, claiming to be a geological engineer hired to build deep underground military bases, known as DUMS, for the U.S. government. His father was Captain Oscar Schneider, a former Nazi stationed in Florida working black operations for naval intelligence. Phil Schneider was showing samples of what he claimed were unknown exotic metals. He provided maps of the underground dumbs and showed off dramatic scars that he claimed were from a violent skirmish with a non-human species deep underground. In January of 1996, Schneider was found dead in his home days after he mysteriously died of strangulation. Investigations were never completed and it was ruled a suicide. His evidence went missing. Before he died, Phil Schneider used his clearance to take investigative author Alex Christopher into the top underground levels of the Denver airport, where they took pictures of a long road heading off to multiple destinations. Built upon 53 square miles of land, 25 miles from downtown, the Denver airport was billions of dollars over budget. Different contractors were hired for each section, some of whom have come forward and claimed it would take days to show you what's down there. Inside the otherwise unimpressive airport, there is a capstone with cryptic Illuminati and Masonic imagery, marking a time capsule buried beneath to be opened in 2094. The airport opened with a famous four-piece mural depicting biological warfare, death and destruction, the surrender of all national sovereignty, and the emergence of a new religion. On the floor, for no apparent reason, is what appears to be the symbol for gold and silver in a mining cart, AUAG, which is also the abbreviation for a deadly strain of hepatitis discovered in 1965. Outside on the surface, the runways form the shape of a swastika, and passengers are greeted by what has become known as Blucifer, a 32-foot horse with glowing red eyes that reportedly killed its creator when a piece of the sculpture came loose and severed an artery in his leg. This is why many people are talking about Denver's bug out bag program, which is good because now that we know who the people committing these historic crimes against humanity are, we can't just let them slip away into some hole somewhere. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. fourth segment and um, want to continue to uh, acknowledge those who uh, help us stay on the air there is an air we're on KMYC 1410 AM on Saturday mornings there's a live show if you're ever interested in listening to that from 10 to 1 our time out here on the left coast if you're far away, you can go to the website KMYC fourteen ten AM and click on live. Hopefully that'll work. If not, you could go to three live three six five dot com, live three six five dot com, which uh, is a platform that plays various media, 
and you can click on radio and put in the call letters KMYC, and you can listen live there if you care to. So we, we're on from 10 to 1 live on Saturdays. And um, anyway, I want to, so that's the on the air as opposed to on the Internet. So uh, also Allen's Auto Body is a, is a helper on this show. They're located in Yuba City at Tea Garden and Sutter Street. They got the bright canary yellow stripe around their building. They do great work. They're honest people. They're kind. They're easy to work with. They're very responsible. They love people, and they do a great job on fixing up your cars, cars, trucks, and all the other things that you want repaired and uh, painted. Uh, Also, I want to mention Dr. Joe Cassidy, who works with me. Dr. Cassidy is the doc, and I'm just a facilitator, but he works at Peachtree Health, and, and uh, besides being a regular general practitioner doc, he also has a real interest in uh, stopping people from dying from overdoses and, uh, and losing their lives through addiction. So you can reach him, and he and I are working to get people help because it used to be, you know, people be, do heroin for years and years and years and years or meth for years and years and years, and uh, now you can just use it one time and die because of fentanyl. So the stakes are a lot higher, as they say, in the uh, the card playing uh, and gambling realm. The stakes are a lot higher. So a kid can go out and uh, instead of... Maybe it's the first time he ever drinks beer. He goes and has a few beers, and then he gets pulled over for drunk driving or something, and he gets in a little trouble, right? So now if you make a little mistake with fentanyl, you die. So we we want to help people, and the way to get a hold of Dr. Cassidy is call him at 530-749-3242. That's the Peachtree Health Clinic, 749-3242. It is sometimes difficult to get through. If you can't, don't have the patience to wait to work your way through and ask for an appointment with Dr. Cassidy, all you have to do is give your name and tell them you want to see him for addiction. They'll probably ask what your problem is. Uh, or you could dial him, you, you could text him. I, I don't want you to call him or, or blow up his phone or text him in the middle of the night. It'll wake him up. Just text him during the day if you can't get through to Peachtree Clinic and and text 530-682-8648, 682-8648. Put your name, put addiction in your phone number, and you're good to go. If all else fails, uh, I know he's going to be gone for a week or so to Singapore to visit his son uh, there uh, at some point in the near future. So if you ever can't get a hold of anybody, dial me up at 530-713-1838, You can call or text that number any time of the night or day, and I will I will hook up to help you. Also, uh, uh, North Valley Paralegal, that's Nellie Garcia, and she will solve your legal problems. Or maybe you don't even have a problem. You just need to take care of some business. Just straighten out. You want to change your name. You, you want to change something about your custody issues. You want to change something about your property lines or your deeds. You want to add add your son or daughter onto your uh, deeds or whatever. She can help you with all kinds of legal stuff. And she has her menu of things she does on the outside of her building right down by Allen's Auto Body at Tea Garden and Sutter. There's 751 Sutter Street, which is North Valley Paralegal Nellie Garcia. So if you want to reach out to her, if you... You're going to get a better job, faster, cheaper, 
and with a great gal, 7519289. That's a 530 area code, 7519289. Give her a shout out and she will uh, take care of you. I promise. I promise. So, uh, all right, let me get back down here. And uh, by the way, do you know that Proposition 1 on your ballot, I'm going to do propositions here maybe next week, Proposition 1 on your ballot, uh, right now, I, you know, I, I knew abortion was really available in California, very available. In fact, I'll pay for your abortion in California. When I say they, that means all the taxpayers will, the government will. They take our money and spend it however they want. And so, uh, so the I'm told, and what I've read is that before this uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade recently, the last few months, that in California you could get an abortion up to the time that the child could live outside the womb, which they called that viability. I thought you could actually get an abortion anytime in California. So now, because I guess by law you cannot, you have to have an abortion before the child is has the ability to be to live outside the womb. So now the the government is putting on the the ballot to change the 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 constitution to say that there will be no hindrance to abortion for any reason or to take any pills regarding planned parenthood or parenting or pregnancy etc abortion pills or pregnancy pills or whatever there'd be no restrictions it'd be you can't fuss with this and then they so in other words no laws can be made it's a constitutional uh fact so they want uh to have the ability to for people to come here from all of the United States and this be a tourist industry. And I don't know whether they're going to start paying for people to come here, paying for people to stay here while they have the abortion. But uh, they want to make abortion available to the point of delivery. And I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like because the way they do partial birth abortions is the baby actually exits the mother the head comes out, and then they stab the baby's spine with a pair of scissors to kill it, him or her. And so I guess they're not going to allow that, but I guess the mother could be bent or intending to deliver the baby and have the baby, but maybe at the last minute decide, ah, I don't want the baby. And then they would abort the child. That's what's going to go on. So if you vote yes for Prop 1, you're going to vote to add that to the California Constitution. If you vote no, we want it the way it's been. In other words, you're not voting no to stop all abortion. It's going to just uh, – each state is deciding how they're going to handle abortion. That's the way it should have been all along. And so what's what's going to happen if you vote no, it's like we don't want to have abortion right up to the time of delivery. Okay. So now we have a governor. The governor is really not in his right mind. I think that he has syphilis, and he has syphilis on the brain, or that he's, he's demonized, or he's, he's a pervert. So, I mean, what kind of a guy would have sex with the wife of your campaign manager? 
<laughs> I mean, this is a special, special quality of loser. So he has an ad he's running. It says, need an abortion? California's ready to help. Learn more at abortion.ca.gov. And then under it, in very small print, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Mark 12, verse 31, paid for by Newsom for governor. In other words, he's using his campaign stash to pay for these these, uh, advertisements. Now, this says uh, the billboard campaign, this is a billboard. It advertises California abortions in seven pro-life states. These are states that if you are an employee of California, you can't go to these states for a conference or any kind of education or anything because they're so evil, because they don't want to kill babies. Indiana, Mississippi, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Texas have these billboards all around in them. Now, we're funding some billboards here in the Yuba Sutter area. In fact, there's going to be a couple in the Yuba Sutter area, anti-Prop 1 billboards. They say life matters. There's a picture of a baby. And there's going to be one just right on the edge of Sutter and Butte County on Highway 99. If you want to help on that, give me a shout-out, and I'll, I'll tell you where to send the money. It's, it's going to Yuba Sutter right to life. Nobody's making any money on it. Everybody's donating their time. But if you want to help uh, promote or or resist the Prop 1 gig to expand abortions, uh, send me a text, 530-713-1838, or an email at lou at nohostagesradio.com, and I will send you where to send the the money or to go online to uh, donate, okay? Okay. so Newsom, again, is paying for this out of his re-election campaign, probably to avoid people have, having a cow that uh, don't support that. Um, it's interesting that he, he invokes the words of Jesus. Uh, to promote killing children. So. There is another passage in Isaiah 5, that's the fifth chapter in 21 and 22, the the sentences or verses there. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. Woe to those who call cruelty love and love cruelty. Now, it's an interesting thing. I was, when I was thinking about this today, I was thinking about uh, the different Herods. And there was a Herod, you know, Herod is another term for ruler. And there's Herod, uh, there were the Herod that he couldn't find Jesus after Jesus was born. So they just went out and killed every child under two, every male under two in Jerusalem to see if they could purge the new king, King Jesus. And then there was the Herod that John the Baptist uh, criticized because he had left his wife and took up with his sister's wife. I'm sorry, with his 
the Herod left his wife and took up with Herod's brother's wife, his sister-in-law. And John the Baptist criticized him, and Herod ended up chopping John's head off. That was another Herod. A third Herod was Herod Agrippa. And um, he got upset because Peter had been arrested for speaking about Jesus and got arrested, and then the jail house opened and he got out and so when he found out who was responsible who they could blame it on he killed them so it says here that he had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon or Sidon some people say and uh, they they sought an audience with him and after securing the support of Blastus a trusted personal servant of the king they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for a food supply they didn't want their food supply to be goofed up on the appointed day Herod wearing his royal robes sat on the throne and delivered a public address to the people they shouted this is the voice of God small g o d not of man Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, in other words, he did not defer to them and say, hey, 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 I'm not God, I'm just Herod, right? Because of his arrogance, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. I wonder if that's going to happen to people like Gavin Newsom. You know, God just, they think they're so big stuff, and yet God could squish them like a bug because of arrogance. It's interesting, Nebuchadnezzar, one of the most powerful rulers of the world, got so arrogant that God sent a, I think he even sent a prophet and just said, you're going to be living out there with the animals and you're going to go, they put him out to pasture. You ever heard that term? We're going to put him out to pasture, like we're going to retire that dude. And he lived like an animal on all fours, out in the pasture for I think six or seven years and then they just brought him back brought him out of retirement you know it's it's just interesting how these people who can there is no you know there is no other crime against humanity greater than killing off 50 or more million children every single year and do you know did you know that that uh well, I'm just going to leave that there so I don't get on, don't get sidetracked. Uh, all right, let me just see where I'm going here. Okay. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, you remember that he was a quarterback at Chico State University, just up the road from where I'm sitting right here today. Cal State University, Chico, they call it. He was quarterback there, and he was drafted. He was up for to be drafted, and the 49ers passed over him, I think in instead took a guy named Jeff Garcia or something like that. Jeff Garcia has been long gone out of the NFL. But um, any of these athletes that that stood up against taking the jab, 
Oh, they just stirred the pot, man. People got super, super, super upset with them. And uh, they pe people did not like the fact that he stood up and he, he was. Uh, so he's been interviewed on the Joe Rogan show and all different kinds of shows. I think I saw him on Bill Maher the other day. And he just said, hey, I, I don't want to take it. I don't have to take it. And uh, I'm not going to put up with it. And uh, that's it. And so some places like the Golden State Warriors, they would not let um, Wiggins, remember in the early days of the season, uh, their player Wiggins play at home games in San Francisco because San Francisco had their undies in a bundle about players being on the court and being unvaccinated, right? So uh, anyway, he eventually took the shot, which I felt sad for, um, but a lot of pressure on a youngster, right? I wanted to uh, mention a couple things that I had from last week that I didn't have time to get to. And that is about some, uh, maybe I can't find it right now. Oh, here's some, uh, let me give you a, a CDC report from, this is last week, 5,300 errors in vaccine doses given to kids. I mean, you know something? In the 1970s, when we had the swine flu, just a handful of people had adverse reactions. Paralysis, Guy-Barr syndrome, uh, Bell's palsy, and they shut down the entire thing after wasting like quarter of a million doses and now we just have thousands of deaths people crippled people having spaz spaz spastic type experiences latest vares data show 155 reports of deaths in children six months to 17 years this isn't from covid people this is from taking the shot you get that these people were immune six months to 17 years. You know, these people are taking these shots, these youngsters, because their parents didn't take time to even look into it. They just took their, you ever just blankly take your doctor's advice without looking into stuff, without doing research yourself? They now have 1.5 million reports of adverse events to the jab. That's only 1%. They, doctors think that only 1% of of the uh, statistics are given to the, the Centers for Disease Control reporting mechanism. That means it's 99% bigger than that. And we already got a million and a half adverse reactions. We're going to take a break and come back for our fifth segment.
problem is the damage is already done from the virus, as well as from the government's draconian overreaction and COVID measures. And there are still a lot of unanswered questions like, where did COVID originate? And who got rich off the vaccines? Last week, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul confronted Dr. Fauci about the latter. Watch. We've been asking you, and you refuse to answer, whether anybody on the vaccine committees gets royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. I asked you last time, and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. But I tell you this, when we get in charge, we're going to change the rules, and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from, from what companies. And if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. I promise you that. Well, on top of that, there's still a lot we don't know about the vaccine. Senator Rand Paul took down Dr. Fauci on that point as well. Watch. You seem quite certain of yourself in 2004, but in 2022, there's a lot less certainty. A vaccination following infection gives an added extra boost. And that film that you showed is really taken out of context. If you ignore whether they've been infected, you're ignoring a vaccine, basically. When people decry vaccine hesitancy. It's coming from the gobbledygook that you give us. As you heard, Senator Paul is vowing to investigate all of it should Republicans win the Senate. Uh, so when would that begin? And shouldn't they be doing that now? Here with me tonight, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul. Senator Paul, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you really are the only honest actor who is taking it to Dr. Fauci, who is so horribly conflicted. Now, for you, what is the most troubling conflict of interest that he has? Well, the thing is, is the entire pandemic, if it came from a lab, the fact that he approved the research and funded the lab would draw culpability to himself, culpability to the NIH, culpability to all of these people who made the unwise decision to send money to China to do dangerous research. So that's why they steadfastly resist this. But if you look at the early emails, when, when they first discovered the sequence, the RNA sequence of this virus, January 31st of 2020, they are quite frightened. There's harried emails going back and forth till 2.30 in the morning. And all of the initial scientists are saying to him, holy cow, we've looked at the sequence and it looks like it's been manipulated in the lab. In fact, it has a cleavage site. This is the way the virus cleaves or gets into the cell that we don't see in nature typically, and that the Chinese last year asked us for money to do exactly that research. So all kinds of alarms and bells went off for a day or two. And then we have another couple of emails where Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci are talking about how they are science and saying that, wow, this would be really damaging to science and to NIH and to all the taxpayer money we get and also to themselves personally. So they began a cover-up. And I think it's the biggest cover-up probably in the history of science. And we will get to the bottom of this because I promise you there's going to be a paper trail and there's not been any interest from Democrats. But should we win in November, I will use every bit of subpoena power to get every bit of data. We will bring Fauci under oath. We will bring all of those scientists under oath. And we will get to the bottom of this. Well, I hope someone does. And I can't uh, imagine for a moment why Democrats, you know, their constituents died too. You know, their the kids in their districts, they suffered as well. 
well. You know, they, they suffered through the mental health crisis and learning loss uh, because of this pandemic, and we still don't know where it came from. We deserve to know that. That should not be a political pursuit. And, uh, you know, it, it, Dr. Fauci has made it so. He has turned into a political operative, and he has done so much damage to this country. Now, another answer you've been trying to elicit from him, and he's been very slippery on this, uh, and this is also a glaring conflict of interest. There are people who sit on those vaccine committees who decide what the rules are for all of us and where we can and cannot go. Uh, could they be getting royalties and could they be enriched from the vaccines that they are forcing into people's bodies? So we've asked this question over and over again. Fauci and others have refused to answer any questions. They're steadfastly refusing to answer any questions, but a judge through the Freedom of Information Act required that they release some emails. They released them, but they blanked them all out except for the total amount of royalties. But it's not a small amount. 1,800 scientists received $193 million, but they won't tell us from which companies wow. to which scientists. So my question is simply this, and it may not, there may be nobody on the committee that's received this money, but if they won't tell us, it makes us wonder. So on the vaccine committees, there's several committees that uh, approve uh, vaccines and then push forward these mandates. Is anybody on those committees receiving royalties from the two companies that make the vaccine or three companies that make the vaccine? And if they are, they shouldn't be on the committee. The best way to think of this is, let's say your local school board is going to vote to buy new textbooks and one of the members of the school board owns the textbook company. Do you think anywhere in America that doesn't have to be divulged, that that's a conflict of interest? So. Nobody would, you know, but nobody touches Fauci. We go after him on this, and he says, we are not going to tell you we don't have to. And then he cites a law from 1980 that we're investigating the law, and we will change the law if it's protecting him. But really, what kind of bureaucrat, what kind of scientist comes forward and says, well, we're just not going to tell you because we don't have to. He and his wife make $850,000 a year working for the government, and we want to know if these scientists that are raking in that much money are also receiving royalties, and if they're receiving royalties from companies for which they are approving the drugs. That's a clear conflict of interest. Absolutely, and, and the ramifications in society are totally unacceptable, and he deserves to be pressed on this and held to account. This from last week. We didn't. We ran out of time last week. And uh, Peter McCullough, who actually took part in a COVID con, in other words, you get conned, a COVID con, con, uh, con uh, conference at Church of Glad Tidings here several months ago. We had two. We had COVID con conference, and then we had Beyond COVID con. And. Uh, so Peter McCullough now has a new book that urges pub the public to hold medical industrial complex accountable for the crimes. Good for Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough's uh, he tag teamed with a guy. Uh, let me give you the title if you want to if you want to get a copy. 
The title is a big title, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by John Leake, L-E-A-K-E, and Dr. Peter McCullough. It argues the medical industrial complex perpetrated crimes against patients, doctors, and the public. Uh, so here's a picture of it. I'm looking at it. Peter McCullough spoke at this conference here locally. Leak is a true crime author. And uh, he said, what we've seen during the COVID-19 years is a reversion back to pre-scientific era of immutable orthodoxy, much like the counter-reformation in Europe during the Inquisition in the late 15 and 1600s. There was no due process then, and there's no due process now. The American Board of Internal Medicine is threatening to revoke McCullough's certification, which essentially would shut down his ability to be employed because, in fair balance, he had made public statements that may lead to someone not taking a vaccine. Thank God. The U.S. Food and, and Drug Administration and the CDC and Prevention need to be held accountable for their reckless public health decisions, but the real power base behind the COVID-19 crimes, which must also be held to account, is the medical-industrial complex, a conglomerate of international foundations, the Bill and, Gate, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Wellcom Trust, that's out of England, uh, with Jamie Farrar, and the World Economic Forum, that's Klaus Schwab, in order for there to be a reckoning, a sufficient large portion of the population must, deba must demand accountability, stay on task, and not allow themselves to be distracted by the latest emergency, whether real or fabricated. You hear what I said? You hear what he said? In order for us to make hay in this situation, the sufficiently large portion of the population must demand accountability. If you don't demand accountability, you're not going to get any. McCullough says, I have been stripped. McCullough is the most, uh, one of the top heart doctors in the United States. He's a hot heart and kidney specialist. He's out of Austin, Texas, the University of Texas. No one in history has had more articles on the heart published than McCullough. There, he said, I've been stripped of virtually everything in my career because I've tried to help patients, and most of the stripping occurred even before the vaccines came out. This is astonishing. I'm the most published person in my field in the world. I have over 650 citations by the National Library of Medicine, over 1,000 publications on the interface between heart and kidney disease. I've lectured at the New York Academy of Sciences, the FDA, and the European Medicine Agency. I'm in the upper echelon of academic physicians in the world. But because I innovated, I got an investigational new drug application. I got large grant funding. I devised ways of treating patients. I worked with others. I demonstrated that it worked. I testified to the U.S. Senate, helped the White House the best that I could when they reached out to me. But because of all that, I was stripped of my job as an academic physician. Uh, is that amazing? Fortunately, I changed employers and kept my practice going. I've been stripped of two major editorships and two professorships. I've been stripped of every NIH committee, every industri 
Industry Clinical Trial Committee. And the unique thing about the stripping is there's no courtesy call. There's no due process. There's no explanation. Anything contractually that indicates due process is completely violated, he, he, he says. No faculty senate, no board meetings or approvals. So when it happens, it's simply you're stripped of the, off this activity that you've, that you've done or position held in some cases for decades. As noted by Leak, what we've seen during these COVID-19 years is a reversion back to a pre-scientific era of, of as I mentioned here, of immutable or- orthodoxy. That's when, what they're referring to is when Galileo, the scientist, astronomer Galileo, came up with the idea that the sun did not rotate around the earth, but the earth actually went around the sun that he was persecuted. People were burned at the stake over that. Today, he said, we have federal agencies and Washington bureaucrats, none of whom have ever treated a COVID-19 patient. Do you realize that our local health officer, Dr. Fong Lu, has never treated patients, yet she's out there telling us what's going to save our lives? What amazing arrogance and ignorance and hypocrisy. So we have none of these people have ever treated a COVID patient, deciding what doctors can and can't do for a COVID patient. They said we cannot give budesonide. We cannot give ivermectin. We cannot give hydroxychloroquine. Only give remdesivir. And going outside those recommendations is heresy, punishable by excommunication. Fortunately, he said, I'm not in the gallows somewhere, physically chained to a stake, McCullough says, but I can tell you what's going on is a form of cyber warfare, professional warfare. On May 26th, McCullough got a letter simultaneously sent to almost every doctor who has spoken out and tried to help COVID-19 patients, including Dr. Pierre Corey. Dr. Paul Merrick, Dr. Dennis, Denise Sibley, and others. The letter was a notice of professional review. McCullough is board certified in both internal medicine and cardiology and has maintained those licenses for four decades with a perfect track record. This is how crazy, nonsensical, dictatorial, and police state we've come to. The American Board of Internal Medicine is now threatening to revoke vote his certification. He goes on. They are attacking one of the top people in medicine, and in the attack it says you have made public statements that may lead to someone not taking the vaccine. Not someone that's, that's going to die. That's actually what's stated in the letter, that because he commented that he didn't think the vaccine was a good thing, they're coming after him. So this is under the pretext that people should be taking the vaccines, that there shouldn't be any fair balance or any discussion on risks and benefits. He said they picked out four or five sentences that I made under oath in the Texas Senate. Let me tell you what, when you give Senate testimony, you raise your right hand and you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth to help you God. And you're going to answer the questions to the best of your ability, which I tried to do. I'm now in the process of professional reprisal for sworn statements under oath. 
This should be a warning to every nurse, every engineer, every lawyer, everybody who now is trying to help America or is involved in some process where statements made under oath can lead to professional attack. I'm going to make an... He uh, goes on and on and on. Oh, this is a great story. Leak said he long been fascinated by the tragic story of Dr. Inaz Simowais, which ended up serving as a foundation for the story in The Courage to Face COVID-19. Simowais was a Hungarian physician working in Vienna General Hospital's first obstetrical clinic. For some reason, maternity mortality was three times higher in the doctor's wards compared to the midwife's wards. And around 1847, Simmelweiss intuited that the lethal fever or childhood childbed fever that was killing these women might be related to the fact that the doctors also worked in the morgue. He proposed that anatomy students wash their hands while with chlorinated lime and quickly the incidence of fever in this maternity clinic dropped down to less than 1%. Is that amazing? Somebody comes up with an idea and it drops it from to, to almost zero. It was a staggering mortality rate prior to this procedure. I think it was up to 18% at one point. So Professor Semmelweis makes this observation. He actually does some pretty solid documentary statistical analysis of what he's observing and how do the medical eminence of Europe react to this discovery? They say you're crazy. <clears throat> There's no basis for making this postulation for any of your conclusion. You're nuts. He loses his professorship and ultimately dies in an insane asylum. This is the doctor that discovered how to quit killing moms by washing your hands. You remember COVID? Wash your hands throughout the day. Think of Semmelweis, and they killed him for it. Put him in an insane asylum. So Leek says, that has always haunted me. He was later vindicated, as we know, but not without suffering a massive penalty. I had this story in my head, he said, and I even thought about writing a screenplay about it. Fast forward, SARS-CoV-2 arrives, and I began to perceive that it's the same thing as Semmelweis' story. Our so-called purported authorities are imposing an orthodoxy. And anyone who questions the orthodoxy, like Dr. McCullough, is stripped of their credentials. So that's a basic drama of the story. Pioneering doctors who had the courage to actually treat COVID, to learn as fast as they could, as much as they could, and then to advocate for treatment of COVID, they, like Simmelweis, were heavily persecuted. And so it's a true crime story based on the medical drama. It's part true crime, part medical thriller. Perhaps it's the biggest crime of all time. Leek says, this is one of the guys that wrote the book. Leek says financial incentives clearly played a role in the hospital massacres. The CARES Act, I mean, our, our supervisors, listen, these aren't people we don't know. Our supervisors in Yuba, Sutter County took part in this. 
Our Adventist hospital that I can see from the radio station when I'm there broadcasting took part in this. The CARES Act signed into law around March 26, 2020, created all of this pandemic response money that was generated out of thin air by our government. Overnight, with the stroke of the keyboard, about $2 trillion was created for pandemic response. And people who were admitted to the hospital, even if they just had a positive PCR test, in other words, they weren't sick, but were admitted for other symptoms, injuries to other illnesses, and other illnesses were coded as COVID patients so they could make money off them. Extra money. And there was a host of financial incentives to the hospitals for doing that. That alone was rather disturbing. But what I found extremely disturbing was that the hospital received a 20% bonus on the entire hospital bill if the hospital used remdesivir. So a massive financial incentive this was. And this was the, the guideline. Here's the guideline, folks. If the patient required supplemental oxygen, the hospital received a 20% bonus on the full hospital bill for administering remdesivir, which is an emergency use authorization product. It is not a approved product. It's a U. It's an EUA product, just like the shot. It had grave safety concerns, particularly with respect to kidney and liver. You remember how they said, oh, well, this COVID is causing the kidneys and livers to crash. No, it isn't. It's the medication they gave them. You know that in the United States, a quarter of a million people die from doctors prescribing the wrong medications. Even World Health Organization concluded it should not be used on patients. What is the it? Remdesivir. Nevertheless, this perverse incentive remained for U.S. hospitals. Leek said, I spoke with many nurses who said it was like a well-conducted training schedule. About day six or seven, the urine output output started to diminish. There were clear signs of kidney damage from the administration of remdesivir. So that was extremely disturbing. The other thing was patients or their families who read the FL, I think that's uh, Frontline Doctors Protocol or the McCullough Protocol and started requesting things like ivermectin, even these things that had been around forever, extra-strength aspirin to reduce thrombosis. Even these things were denied to the hospital patients. The families would beg, they would plead, they would please uh, say, please administer ivermectin. Nothing else is being offered by the hospital's own admission. The patient is heading for the ventilator and possibly going to die. Yet the hospitals and their hired gun attorneys would fight tooth and nail, even in the face of a court order. Honestly, people, this is criminal and these people need to go to prison. There's much more here. It says the messaging is going to be, listen, the first generation vaccines weren't so good, but now new ones are so much better. This is what the government's going to be saying. They're saying everybody has to take it. The claim will be made. You have to take the vaccine to prevent COVID from coming back. You remember the days when people just got a cold people. That's all this is. 
Will there be a reckoning? Without a doubt, they say crimes have been committed. The question is, will anyone be held accountable for what they've done? Will anyone be held accountable for all the people killed and injured? Leak points out that historically large-scale psyops, such as the one t- this one, typically leave the population a confused and weary state and that they're unable to hold leadership accountable. And as long as new emergencies keep coming, everyone just forgets about the, the wrong that was done earlier. We know that from the financial crisis of 2008, no one was held accountable for that. The American people are constantly having our attention directed from one crisis to another, to another, to another. So I'm not particularly hopeful. We hope that people will read this book in its narrative form. I think it will enable people to understand what has happened, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the people. The medical industrial complex is a group of international foundations. I I mentioned them earlier. They are in charge of this. It isn't the CDC and the WHO. These guys are running this and the people at the World Economic Forum. That's what's going on here, folks, whether you want to believe it or not. All right, I'm okay. I want to look at that. Okay, let me just go over here. See if I can jam this in. All right, let me give a shout out here to uh, Greenitz Construction. Uh, Dave Greenitz has been here for over 40 years running his construction company who started out doing all kinds of remodeling, but they kind of focused seemed like about 15, 20 years ago on just tricking out baths and kitchens and making them unbelievable. And they'll do some other remodeling as well. They even build some outdoor things in the yard. And, uh, but if you need to look on their website to really get an idea of what they're about and get a feeling for the quality there. So go to Greenitz, G-R-E-E-N, like the color E-T-Z, construction.com. Or, to, or go to Dave Greenitz Construction. That's a Facebook page. And it is, you can dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602. Uh, he answers the phone. So you're not going to get somebody else. You're not going to get a secretary or some other worker. You're going to get him. Or he'll he when he says on his phone message service, he'll get right back to you. He's pretty fast. He does. So uh, you're going to talk to the duck, and he isn't bureaucratic, and they're very, when they start your job, they're going to get it done quick. So they stay on it and knock it out. Greenwich Construction, 530-682-9602. We'll be right back for um, our final segment. left and you're black you get told that you hate yourself like this person who said do you hate yourself just asking 
I've actually never felt more comfortable in who I am and how God made me until I started speaking against y'all. After you get called every single name on the book that you're ugly, that you're stupid, that you hate yourself, that you're an Uncle Tom, that you're a COON, that you're a house N-word, a bed wench, all because I don't support Joe Biden. And then you start to realize that all those people that tell you that you hate yourself and call you racial slurs are fools. Don't you know that your insults only fuel my fire? All right, with the news on Biden redistributing student debt and not going through Congress in order to do this, it's really important that we know how this actually benefits the government. Remember, government doesn't make money. It spends yours and then it plays the benevolent hero. All right, so as we discuss this, it's important to note that the one thing that this whole thing didn't do what it did not do was remove the government from issuing federal student loans. Okay, so how do federal student aid programs work? Well, all federal student aid programs, which include student loans, Pell Grants, and work study, are funded by federal tax dollars paid by U.S. citizens. Obviously, interest on these student loans is the problem. It's a huge part of the problem. So where does that interest money go? Well, it goes right back to the federal government. Like all other government revenue, your interest payments simply go back to where they originally came from, the U.S. Department of the Treasury. So to recap, the federal government taxes you to fund students' loans and then makes interest on those loans. And then when those students can't pay their loans, the federal government doesn't back out of the equation. No, they come back to you, my friend, and they double dip because they caused a problem which they are now solving and playing the benevolent hero. And where the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872, Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, and many others for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. Yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other country. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal, yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when unlimited amounts of gasoline is available inexpensively in the United States, but it's not available in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States, just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your commander-in-chief 
And for four long years, it didn't happen. And China with Taiwan is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never, ever before. We've got a federal bureau of investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public, where Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation when they knew it wasn't, and a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired and in no condition to lead our country, which may end up in World War III. We are a nation that no longer has a free press and has no fair press any longer. Fake news is all you get, and they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, North Korea, and all of the rest in check. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it. They respected the United States, and they respected America. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. We are a nation whose once revered airports are dirty and crowded and a mess, where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when it will. A nation where ticket prices are through the roof, they don't have the pilots to fly the planes, they don't want or seek qualified air traffic controllers, and they don't know what they are doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, willpower, and strength. We are a nation that has lost its way. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb.
There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never, ever, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a small chance of victory. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and to God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we're on together has only just begun, and it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. segment and I want to mention Elite Universal Security. They operate in Northern California. They keep your stuff, your stuff. Keep people from harassing you, vandalizing you, troubling you. Robbing you robbing you blind. Elite Universal Security, they work throughout Northern California. They are headquartered here in Yuba County but they have jobs everywhere. They're looking for workers and they're looking for jobs. So if you are interested in even a part-time job, maybe you retired from maybe even law enforcement or some other type of work and you just, you'll, they'll train you, put you out there and give you all the skills you need. They, they're looking for workers for the different, uh, companies they're working for throughout Northern California. So give them a shout at 530-749-0280. Once again, 530-749-0280. And they will uh, hook you up if you want to work. Otherwise, if you have a problem that you need to solve, uh, you know, just act today. There's a saying, you can't make a good decision without good information. So find out what they can do for you. And explain your problem to a guy named Monty Hecker. He's the proprietor, and uh, he's retired Air Force. He's a great guy, honest guy, and uh, he knows what, what's going down, and he will do the best he can to help you. And you may um, think, oh, I think I'm going to need this or that. And he, after, after talking to him, he may put you on a different paradigm on how to solve your problem. So uh, 
give them a call. They can also help you with um, different permits for guns and all that kind of stuff, spraying different chemicals, how to do that. So maybe you just got a gun for a gift and you need to learn how to use it. They have a range. They can train you how to use it if you don't have any other uh, outlets to do that. So uh, check out Elite Universal Security. They got a website, add.com to Elite Universal Security or api-academy.com. That's your schooling arm. So check it out. Also, Plumbing Doctor, uh, Ted Holmes. Uh, I heard Ted's down in Mexico. I don't know whether he's playing or he's working on an orphanage down there. That we got an orphanage we've been working on since 1987. To keep working on projects down there for them. And uh, so uh, the plumbing doctor, they serve Ubisetter areas, and they will get there quick around the clock if you want them to. So 530-671-9111, 671-9111. They have ladies there. That will answer your phone and get you a technician to come and solve your problem, get you back all relaxed. Your blood pressure will go down. You'll you'll won't feel so clammy and uptight, and life will be flowing great after they get done with you. Okay, all right. So uh, that's the crew that's helping us now nowadays, and. Uh, I'm going to get back over here to last week and pick up a couple things that uh, I think are interesting. You get a kick out of. So uh, the government is creating what they call a Lucifer A's. You know, the term Lucifer or Satan in the Bible. That's uh, if you add A-S-E on the end, it's Lucifer A's. Government's creating a Lucifer A's mark to track vaccinations. And this article also said the Centers for Disease Control admits, finally admits, there's a risk of myocarditis. Isn't that interesting? From the, from the jab. You know what they said to begin with? It was all fake news. All these websites, oh, hydroxychloroquine is going to kill you. Going to damage your kidneys. Do you think, did any of them say remdesivir could damage your liver or kidneys? No. Could kill 53% of its patients? No. They lied. Think they made a mistake? These, are, these people claim they're the smartest people in our country. They lied, people. Our health officer lied, or she's just plain stupid. The health officer, she's just plain flat stupid. And she's just, all she is is a robot for the people in Sacramento. We don't need a robot. You know, a doctor, you don't want a robot. You don't want a zombie. You want a real person. She says on one of her YouTube talks, Fong Lu, that hydroxychloroquine is no good. It will hurt your kidneys, your heart, and your liver. I mean, how many gallons of hydroxychloroquine do you need to take to do that? When they haze people in college, sometimes they make them drink lots of water. You know, water can kill you if you drink enough of it. So luciferase, what is it? It's a light-producing enzyme naturally found in insect fireflies and in luminous marine and terrestrial microorganisms. The introduction of luciferase and other light-emitting proteins as a visualizing marker 
has drastically expanded the versatility of reporter gene technology. In other words, they can see it. It's like, is that the mark of the beast? Is that what you're thinking? I don't know. So the name was first used by Raphael Dubois, who invented the word luciferin and luciferase for the substrate and enzyme, respectively. Both words are derived from the Latin word lucifer, meaning light bearer, which in turn is derived from the Latin words for light, which means lux, and to bring or carry, which is fur, lucifer. Got it? So when we were talking about that they could track you with the vaccine because there's nine nanoparticles in there, they're now saying that 5G, you know, all you that just want a, a, the newest generation of iPhone and you want the newest iteration of G, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5G, now 5G is actually can make people sick give people illnesses and 5g can track you with the particles in your body, the metallic particles they put in your body with the jab, the COVID jab. You you remember all these things that we were saying all along, they weren't guesses. These are people that knew what was going in there. It was all so that's what's going on. So if you got the jab, you are hooked up, baby. You are hooked up to 5G in a big way. All right. I'm just kind of double checking here. Oh, here, I wanted to. Uh, where's my luciferase? Oh, here it is. Here's the uh, my little clip on uh, Aaron Rodgers. It says, Colin Kaepernick is treated like a hero for disrespecting our nation and denouncing. Uh, denouncing the police. Colin is a failed athlete. Millions are like him. Aaron Rodgers is an NFL MVP certain to go to the Hall of Fame, yet the media is denouncing him for refusing to take a dangerous drug and telling the truth about the third world state of California. It sounds like Rogers actually lives here still. He said, the state's going to shit, but I'm hanging on. I grew up in a small town, very little cases up in Chico, California, but all the small businesses are effing gone. According to Daily Mail, capacity limits, mass mandates, lockdowns, and vaccine requirements cost the state over 40,000 businesses. The highest figure in any state in the nation. 40,000 businesses. You think our supervisors cared a bit, apologized, felt sad, shed a tear, went and talked to the business owners? Not a one. Never heard about any of them. He then went on to, Rogers went on to complain about an awful bill. Think about this bill. Maybe you should call or write the, the governor. 
AB 2098. You know what it's about? It would muzzle health professionals by limiting their ability to speak their minds. In other words, if your doctor disagreed with what the state wanted to do, they don't want him to have the freedom to do that or to speak his mind like Peter McCullough did or like Zev Zelenko did or like lots of other doctors. Once it passes, the state medical board can decide if a doctor has disseminated COVID misinformation or disinformation, and he or she could have their licenses revoked. Rogers asks the right question. Based on whose standard of misinformation? The misinformation wasn't coming from the public. The misinformation was being given by the government and supported by the big media platforms like Twitter, Google, Facebook. Right? The bill faces clear First Amendment issues and is already being challenged in court. He says Fauci and the CDC lied about the vaccine. They lied about masks. They lied about social distancing and why churches and schools had to be closed down. They destroyed our economy, harmed education, and killed off businesses. Yet they claim that those that tell the truth about their lies are fermenting misinformation. That's how a fascist state operates. Blame the truth tellers and use the Gestapo state agencies to shut down facts and truth. Unbelievable. All right. Let me get back over to today's. We got about eight minutes here, and I got, uh, I want to just mention some things about, uh, I'm hoping to write some articles. And uh, by the way, I wrote an article. It's called Henderson's Warning Ignored. That's a very interesting topic, whether or not you like the way I wrote about it. But if you go to, uh, NoHostagesRadio.com, and you look up Henderson's warning ignored, it will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. Henderson was an epidemiologist who was key to stopping smallpox in the world between 67 or 68 and, and 10 years later. He's dead today, but it'd be worth your while to go check that out. So did you know about CalPERS? CalPERS is a uh, the retirement system for all the government employees and agency rep- employees and district employees. And um, I can't quote you. I just forgot to look it up, the date that it started. But we didn't always used to have it, right? But uh, they set it up. And instead of having a defined contribution plan, like sometimes in your retirement programs, you have a defined comp. They say how much you want to put in each month. You say $100 or $200 or $400 into your 401k. That's a defined contribution. How much you get at the end when you retire is up to a lot of factors. How long it's been there, the stock market or whatever you have it in, the interest rates, the dividends, all that kind of stuff. The interesting thing is the unions, when, when Jerry Brown in the 60s or 70s when he was governor the first time, when he 
when he was governor, he allowed the government employees to unionize. The government employees should not have a right to unionize. People should just either take the salary of government or go somewhere else. They, it's, it's incestuous. It's politically incestuous for them to organize. And so politicians, it creates an incestuous situation where the politicians reward the unions and then the unions take care of the politicians. It's corrupt. I don't mind private unions, but it's corrupt as a government because who pays for it? It, the supervisors are not the employers who have to pay for it. The taxpayers have to pay for it, and it's wrong. So what happened is they gave, instead of a defined contribution, sometimes the county pays a lot of the contribution, and sometimes the, the, uh, the employee pays some, but it's a defined benefit plan. That means that it doesn't matter how much you paid in. It doesn't matter how much or how well the fund does in generating income. You're going to get a certain amount of money based on a formula. I'll give you a formula. Let me give you a formula. Highway Patrol. Highway Patrol gets 3% times the number of years they've served. So just say 3% times 30 years, that's 90. They take that 90% and multiply that times their highest income year, and that's how much they get for the rest of their life. So I'll give you an example. I was just looking up at some of the Yuba Sutter County people. And Steve Durfer, who was the sheriff right before Wendell Anderson, Steve served for a couple terms. And he is collecting right now. He's, I noticed the last three years, he gets more every year. So it's got an escalator built into it. And I think he's at 175000 a year. Now, we're paying Wendell Anderson a lot of money. I think he's maybe over 200000 So we pay Steve 175000 The previous sheriff, uh, Virginia Black, we pay over 100000 And I looked up Gary Tindall's. And um, he gets about 60-some thousand out of, because uh, I, I don't know whether it's just because he from Yuba County or whether he gets some from Marin County. My point is we have numbers of sheriffs that are still alive that we're paying all this money to, and there's no way we can do that. Now, it's interesting because there's been all this talk about Anthony Fauci being the highest-paid employee, federal employee in government. But he's not the highest paid employee. You think, oh, yeah, the president's higher paid. No, no, no. He's higher paid than the president of the United States. So he and his wife, and I think her last name is Grady. She kept her maiden name. Together, they're going to make around $800,000 a year retirement. You with me? Now, we have a guy. Now, these are the top federal people in the United States of America, right? I think they're overpaid. And plus he gets royalties on top of that from pharmaceutical companies. So now we have a guy named Hardeep Singh that works for Sutter, Yuba Sutter, or Sutter Yuba Behavioral Health. He's a psychiatrist, Hardeep Singh. Hardeep Singh gets almost, he gets almost $700,000 a year. In fact, I bet he's getting $700,000 a year. Fauci and his wife get $800,000 a year. Both of them working. T- 
top scientists, PhDs, or medical doctor type. How can you, Sutter County wants you to pay another percent on on anything purchased in Sutter County. Yuba County people ought to be concerned about this because you do a lot of your shopping in Sutter County. So you need to decide, are you going to, I know you can't vote, but maybe you want to contribute financially to the fight against raising taxes in Sutter County because you've already had your taxes raised in Yuba County. But like me, I shop a lot in Sutter County where it's less taxes. Same stuff. Or you stuff you can't even get in Yuba County. But if you're Yuba County, you can help with these, this Sutter County fight. We have a Sutter-Yuba. We're paying part of this guy's salary if you're Yuba County or Sutter County. We have six... We have six psychiatrists they're earning between two and three million dollars a year the bunch of them all together it's unbelievable why why are we doing that why don't we have just secular not secular but non-governmental science uh, psychiatrists work in the community and do like trump did just give vouchers to go see the psychiatrist that's what trump did to get around the va in their lousy service We have eight. We have uh, four hundred and fifty people working for Sutter County that are earning over a hundred thousand a year. We have, I think, there's like eleven hundred full-time, part-time employees. It's ridiculous. Well, we're we're winding down here at the end of our show, and uh, so if you want to give us a shout out, you can, and five three zero seven one three eighteen thirty eight. You know how to get a hold of us. We'll see you next week, Lord willing, and uh, you take care. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Skies are blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night, and I think to myself.